Our text this evening will be taken from the second Samuel chapter 12, that's second Samuel chapter 12, verses one through seven. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, there was two men in one city, one was rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished it. And it grew up together with him and with his children, and it did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, Thou art that man. You know, if we look at the life of King David, he really had everything by this point that anybody would ever want. He really had it all. But I think here we see that he... uh started to focus on maybe the thing, instead of focusing on the things he had, he found himself focusing on the things he didn't have. You know, when we uh, we take our eyes off the Lord, we start to inherit certain problems. We see here David, by this point, had taken his eyes off of God. As a kid, I uh, I played baseball. And often they would tell you to watch the ball hit the bat. I'm not really sure if that's even physically possible. Another term they would say was, keep your eye on the ball. And these were commonly terms used in baseball. And we knew exactly what they meant by that. It was just meant watch as close as you can to hit the ball. Years ago, I, a couple years ago, probably more than that actually, maybe 10 years ago, I remember hearing somebody saying, and it was, I guess it was a scientist, they came up that hitting a baseball is the hardest thing to do in any sport. Not really sure how they exactly came up with that, but they had a little bit of a background to this. It says in, in baseball, if you get three hits out of 10 at bats, you would have a batting average of 300. So you basically would have, you would hit 30% of them, which would mean that you would be one of the best hitters in baseball. An average pitch in baseball is around 90 miles an hour. They said that the ball in the actual hitting zone is only there for 10 milliseconds. 
I'm not even really sure how fast that is, but I know it's not very long. Even further, you're trying to hit a round ball with a round bat. So it says that, so the margin of error for making solid contact is roughly half the width of your iPhone SIM card, which is not very thick. It would be a lot easier if we had a, I guess you would say a square bat. But when I played Little League as a kid, I remember one time going to bat, and I, I wasn't a very good hitter at all at first. I was actually a pretty bad hitter. So I, had, I, I thought I'd come up with a way to maybe hit the ball better. So I decided I was going to go to bat, and I was going to close my eyes and swing as hard as I could. So I did that. I went up to bat. I swung, I swung as hard as I could three times, never even touched the ball. I remember getting back to the dugout and one of the kids saying, I think you closed your eyes, which I did close my eyes. But you know what? I, I think sometimes spiritually, we may sometimes close our eyes. We take our eyes off the Lord. And because of that, we inherit those certain problems Sin has a way of slipping in there when our focus comes off the Lord. We see this example here in Matthew uh, chapter 14, when Peter was walking on water. At first, he was able to walk on water. But then the fear began to creep in because he took his eyes off of Jesus. If he had only kept his eyes upon the Lord, he would have been able to keep walking on water. It is very important for us as Christians in our spiritual walk that we keep focus and our eyes upon the Lord. You know, it can be easy at times to blame God when things go wrong. But you know what? When we got saved... God never promised us it was going to be an easy way. But through that, we still need to praise and worship the Lord. You know, the, the devil, he would love for us to take our eyes off of, off of God. He's the, the master of that. He, he's good at making things around us to look very appealing. And he wants us to lose focus on the things that are truly important. It says here in First uh, Thessalonians 5, uh, chapter 5, 16 through 18, it says, Rejoice evermore. It says, Pray without ceasing. It says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. It says to rejoice evermore. That means to rejoice in everything, to rejoice in the good, to rejoice in the bad. It says there to pray without ceasing. That means we need to be continually praying to God. Even when things don't seem to be going our way, we need to be praying. And sometimes even when things are going our way, it is still important in those times too to be praying. And it says there to give everything or to give God thanks in every single thing. It says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. 
But we see here that Nathan had to confront David because of his sin. But we see here that God did not send an enemy to confront David about his sin. But instead, he sent a friend. You know, I oft, I will sometimes say this. We don't always like to hear the truth. Sometimes the truth hurts. And sometimes it's just better we don't want to hear it. But we read here in uh, John 8.32, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Sometimes we just have to hear the truth. And by accepting the truth will set us free. But who was Nathan? He was a prophet during the reign of King David and Solomon and King Solomon. We know very little about his early life, but we do know that Nathan was a close advisor to King David. We see that the first time that Nathan was mentioned was in 2 Samuel chapter 7, the first and second verse. And here we see that King David is said that he was had settled in a, a palace and he summoned Nathan, the prophet, to him. And he told Nathan that I'm living in a very beautiful palace, he even said a cedar palace, and the ark of God is out there in a tent. So at this point, David had plans to build a house of God. But Nathan let him know that he should go ahead and do this because the Lord is with him. But we know that God visited Nathan through a vision and let him know that God did not want David to build him a temple or a house. We know that Nathan didn't always bring bad news to David. At one point, he came to him and, and told him that the Lord loved his son, Solomon. And we know that Solomon later built God's house. You know, I think we all at times, we need a friend like Nathan. You know, Nathan's heart, his heart was filled for compassion for his friend David. Instead of chastising him, he came to him with love. I believe that he loved David and David loved him. You know, it says that a true friend is not only honest about themselves, but they are also honest about you. But we see in the account here that there was two men. It says that there was a, a rich man and a poor man. The rich man owned many sheep and many cattle. The poor man owned a little lamb. And it says this little lamb even ate from the poor man's table and drank from his cup and even cuddled in his arms. It sounds like a pet. It had value to him. He really liked his lamb. And it says one day a guest came to this rich man's house. Instead of this rich man killing one of his own animals, he decided to take the poor man's animal and he prepared it and fed it to his guests. And we see here that David, he was furious. He was angry about this when he heard what this rich man had done to this poor man. 
Even at one point, he even mentioned this rich man deserves to die and that he must repay four lambs to this poor man. But this is where we see that Nathan, at this point, let David know that he was that man. I believe through that, David experienced God's true mercy. The Lord kept speaking to him. You know, before we're saved, the Lord is speaking to us. Before we're saved, the Lord convicts our heart. He lets us know we are going the wrong direction, the wrong place. And the Lord keeps calling after us and keeps speaking to us. You know, the Lord speaks to us in many different ways. But the Lord does speak to us day in and day out. And we need to be careful and in tune with God to hear that small, still voice when the Lord speaks to us. Keeping our eyes on Christ. In Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 2, it says here, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great cloud of witnesses, let us weigh aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sit down at the right hand of the throne of God. And here we see a cloud of witnesses. We know this refers to chapter 11, which is also known as the heroes of faith. This introduces an impressive list of heroic figures from the Old Testament. But we also need to remember those who have gone on before us. All of us have had grandparents, parents, saints that have been praying for us. And we must remember them. They are that cloud of witnesses. And it says here to lay aside every weight. And as I was thinking about that, it it reminded me of when the Ford Motor Company decided to build the the GT40 high-performance race car. They wanted to compete in the European Le Mans 24-hour race. By this time, Ferrari had won the race from 1960 to 1965. But after that, the Ford GT40 won from 1960 through 1969. One of the examples they did to lower the weight on that car they had a seven liter uh, push rod engine. And one of the people that helped work on there, that was Shel- his name was Shelby. He asked for them to, parts of the engine to be built out of aluminum parts so it would be lighter. We know the lighter the something is, the faster it will go. We want to make sure there is nothing that is holding us back to get to heaven. If anything is in our life that is holding us back, We want to give that to the Lord. We want to lay aside every weight in our life that is holding us back. It says here to run the race with endurance. When Hannah was in uh, sixth grade, she went out for uh, cross country. 
And I remember her, her very first mile run, and she came home, and she had run it in 12 minutes. And she, she was pretty excited. And then I remember two weeks later, she came back. She said, Dad, I re-ran the mile run, and I ran it in eight minutes. And I thought, wow, that's, in two, in two weeks, you cut off four minutes off your, your mile run. But you know that daily walk with God, that is how we build that endurance. Just the way that she did it day after day for those two weeks. When we run that race with endurance and we stay close to the Lord, we will build that endurance to stay close to the Lord. And then in return, that will help us keep our eyes upon him. It says he endured the cross. Everything that we go through, Christ has already went through it. That's a promise we have. He knows how we feel. He has already went through it. And it says that he is seated on the right hand of God. You know what? Jesus is our best friend, but Jesus is also our mediator. In closing tonight, you know, friendship at times can be seasonal. Friendship at times can even fade away over time. But for a Christian, we have the greatest friend. We have Jesus. It never ends. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He is the greatest friend that anybody could ever have. The question tonight I ask is, what specific thing can we do to improve our relationship with God? What can we do to improve our relationship with the Lord? And that would look different for everyone. We all have things that we might have to check ourselves at time and say, Lord, I need to give this to you. You know, tonight we're going to have an opportunity to pray. You know, maybe if we have taken our eyes off the Lord before we leave this service, we can be focused again and we can put our eyes upon the Lord again. We're going to sing page 284 and the altars and open. May God bless you as we pray.